Welcome to the IME Community Podcast, where self-love is your superpower to achieve your weight and life goals and make your mark in the world. Your host is Dr. Carla, activist MD. If you're a teen who's looking to revolutionize your health and can't wait to follow your dreams, welcome to the IME Community. Welcome to the Parent Coaching Coffee Talk. I'm going to uh, share with you all some of the things that I've been coaching on and uh, some of the resources, and then also some of the things that are coming up in social media, uh, especially on TikTok, um, because I think that it's really important for us to help our teens really bust through some of the things that they're seeing because there's a lot of not only just confusing messaging that's out there, but there's still a lot of that, um, you know, diet thinking, simple um, calories in, calories out thinking. Um, there's, there's just still a lot of, I think, myths and confusions and a uh, confusion uh, out there. The thing I do notice, though, um, about the teams that I coach is that they really don't, I mean, there's a lot of social pressures. Um, I, I believe that they manage it uh, fairly well. I think that, um, and I've been coaching a lot on moving from how we swing from, and we do this in all things, not just with food or our body is like switching from restrictive versus permissive thinking. So when we're like in kind of more stricter diet culture thinking, um, and we're listening and mobilizing our negative self-talk and being hard on ourselves because we're really taught in our society and our families that the way to accomplish a goal and to motivate ourselves is to be really hard on ourselves. Actually, that's not true. And a lot of the coaching research um, and how I coach with compassion is instead of the opposite is with compliance. I'm gonna encourage you as a parent to not parent with compliance, though I still fall into that tendency, believe me, um, but to parent with compassion. And that doesn't mean that you're not setting boundaries for your teen. That doesn't mean that you um, don't have consequences when you know they overstep your boundaries. That's, that doesn't mean that you don't stick up for yourself. That is a compassionate parenting um, instead of compliance means that you're there, you're focusing on the relationship and you're recognizing with reality um, and a pragmatic approach what you cause and control, which isn't a lot when it comes to any other people, any other person, let alone our teens. So what happens is like, we move from being this really transactional relationship with our 
kids, um, sometimes I really miss it. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time, don't you? Like, just give me a day because they're so cute and it was so fun. And I'm like, I was a really good mom with my little kids. And um, uh, anyway, so sometimes it's like, you know, you're, you're literally keeping them alive, right? I mean, you're making sure they're fed and everybody's safe and they're not climbing on everything and sticking their fingers in the light sockets and you childproof things. And now it's like, we can't teen proof our, our teens world. We don't even know all of the things that they're accessing. Um, not to make you alarmed, but it's like with the social media that's out there. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, when we weren't raised with it, how can we help our teens strike a balance? Um, so, so we're not in that like mode anymore of being just, you know, transactional where we're just providing, of course, we're still providing all the food and the rides and the, um, all the things that we do, um, helping them with all the laundry and doing all the things. But it, it really becomes important for us to focus. And I really learned this the hard way with my, um, with my kids is like um, to stay out of that kind of fear and lack parenting that, um, that I was in and have a more like, um, have, a, have a more open and compassionate approach and just recognize that as a parent, I needed to let go of some of the things um, and fears and, and beliefs that I had, like, if, if you may be thinking like my teen, if they don't get this figured out, like with their health or their weight, um, then they're going to struggle forever. You don't know that they may be gaining knowledge and skills now. Um, there may be something with IME community. There may be something that they learn. There may be something you teach them that then they take with them later on. They may not be at a stage of change. There's nothing going wrong. Um, one thing that my coach, who I worked with a lot um, to help me create a more, um, you know, like softer, improved relationship um, with my kids, and not that I had a bad one, but I mean, my middle daughter and I were really struggling, I would say. She's an awesome kid, but um, I was a very, I would say, reactive parent, and I thought, you know, in my mind, I had the belief that I, it wasn't authoritative, I don't think, but that she should listen, that she should just do what I say. And um, when she wouldn't do that, then, you know, we would get into this argument. It was just like a, who's going to be right, like ego fight. And so as a parent, when you're in it, like, for instance, if you're in an argument, if you're in a discussion uh, with your teen, uh, be the one to always like, let it go and drop it or set a boundary before, um, set a boundary that you know, like when you're going to leave, like you're gonna be like, okay, I'm not gonna discuss this anymore and I'm going to leave the room or, and and so you you kind of advocate for yourself and set those boundaries beforehand. So anyway, uh, that's just some of the, some of the things I've been thinking about. Um, one thing that really helped me with my coach was she would have me like fill in my, um, fill in my kid's name like it'd be like Catherine is Catherine or or with my husband Derek is Derek like they're their own people I get to live with these amazing people I get to love them unconditionally and I always will I am myself 
Um, and I, I don't cause, I don't control. I can't, I get into fix and solve mode because we think that our kids, um, whenever there's, that there's something going wrong, when our child is disappointed, when they feel rejected and just um, when they're sad or they're angry, we think that that's something wrong and that with all good intention, lots of grace and compassion for ourselves, hand over heart. We don't want our children, our teens to suffer, but we can't prevent that. And that's a powerful message. We can't prevent suffering for ourselves. We can't prevent suffering for our children and for our teens. They're going to experience the whole gamut of their human emotions on this journey. And we, we know that, that they're strong enough to handle it, okay? So what we want to do is teach them that all of that's okay, that it's a part of the human experience. For instance, one of the things that, that I think when we're not taught how to um, be, um, to allow and or given permission to feel our emotions that come up for us, we have a very limited vocabulary when it comes to our emotions. I know that I felt this and especially when I've gotten into coaching, I'm just like, whoa, it's crazy. Like if you say, what are your top three feelings of the day? Like even if you think back to yesterday and say, what are my top three feelings of from yesterday? Can you think of it? Or are you just on to the next day? Like, and we're so external. So we're not checking in with ourselves. We're not getting internal. We're not getting centered. And it's really important for us as parents and for us to, to role model this, but also to help our teens with this is to check in with ourselves, to listen, to honor the wisdom of our mind and our body. Um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the intuitive eating when it comes to eating you know, the food part, I've been working on the intuitive eating workbook for teens and working through this um, with the teens when we're coaching, and it's been really helpful. Um, but and teaching them that your relationship with food is your relationship with yourself. So it's just it's as simple as that. So if you're being restrictive and harsh um, with food and kind of punishing yourself and not eating enough, then that means that you're being harsh on yourself, that you have fear of failure, that you're attached to the negative self-talk, that critical voice in your brain. We all have that, but we recognize that we are not that voice. We are not our thoughts. Thoughts are just a sentence going by. Just, thoughts are just a sentence in our mind, a cloud going by, and you are the quiet confidence of the blue sky. And it's like a rainbow that comes and goes. And I have a little thought rainbow that I use for a prop. But anyway, it's really important to have some self-awareness um, because when we have the, the negativity, it's gonna come up in our body. So our teens, we know um, ourselves, you may wanna do this work yourself, I would encourage you to do it, is to really recognize and acknowledge how that negativity comes up in you and it's going to come up in your body. So for me, like I get really depleted 
really tired. Other people say, you know, it's like in my chest, I feel like almost like a tightness. Some people feel it in their, their jaw. Um, and it feels really uncomfortable. And so we are, our brains are wired that, uh, to be, um, uncomfortable with discomfort. So it's like, there's something going wrong and our society teaches that. And, but it's your brain just doing you're, you're just a human and you welcome all emotions. And so whether you or your teen are resisting, avoiding, um, or reacting to emotions, um, instead of responding to them and allowing them and processing and, and feeling your emotions, because our feelings and emotions are a vibration in our body and, and that's it. And they're there. And we are handling in them, but when we resist them, then it is like a beach ball, holding a beach ball under the water. And it creates, I mean, that takes a lot of energy and depletion. And so um, you may be able to start recognizing that, like if you're having a day when you're kind of resisting your emotions, like I'm sad, I'm disappointed. Um, I notice there's a lot of resisting to the, the feeling of disappointment and it's okay. Like everything's okay. Like there's nothing going wrong. If, if you're you or your teen is sad about something, if you're disappointed in something, um, it's okay. Like you're a human, you have a functioning brain, you are in this life. You're going to feel all of the emotions. And if you sit in it and you breathe and you allow it, like if you have fear, um, it doesn't mean you're a fearful person. You don't have to make it mean anything. So when you process it, it means breathing, describing it, naming it, allowing it to pass through. I feel disappointed. I'm disappointed. Don't have to make it mean anything. What does it feel like? It feels cold and gray to me. And then that's it, you let it, you sit in it. And it typically takes about 90 seconds. There's research that shows us for, for a person to kind of process that. Um, shame is another one that comes up. I mean, we just have a shame triggering society. I don't know if you follow the work of Brene Brown, but I mean, she has this new book, Atlas of the Heart out now, which is, I got it. I haven't read it yet, but I've been listening to her podcasts about it. She's so awesome. Anyway, um, you know, she has all this amazing research on shame and vulnerability and courage and works with all these, you know, top executive leaders around the world on this. And, you know, the, the best leaders are the ones who are willing to be vulnerable, who are willing to process their emotions. But shame is one that comes up, especially around our body, especially around weight. And so really understanding and it doesn't take a long time how shame comes up in you and what it feels like and to not make it mean anything because you're a human being who's going to feel shame. And what are your shame triggers? Um, it may be, uh, I have a lot of shame triggers around like my work or my parenting or um, I don't know. I don't, I can't even list all of them, but um, you'll recognize it when it comes up. And so like for me, it comes up as like a nauseating twinge. 
what, how does it come up for you? It's like an uncomfortable thing. I'm like, okay, that's shame. I feel shame. And then I don't even, at this point, I don't even say like, I, I am not shameful, like, but it doesn't, you don't make it mean and judge yourself that you are shameful or that, because when you do that, then you get to the point of saying, okay, there's something wrong with me. I need to fix it. I need to solve it. That's how we go to do diets or buffer with other things and, and, and buffering with either food and coping with food instead of just allowing something to work through us. Um, we buffer with food, we buffer with social media, kids buffer with screen time, um, procrastination, uh, overworking, um, emotional reactivity. Some people buffer with exercise. I wish I would have. <laughs> I've never had that problem. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's, that's a way to like when, when those powerful, really powerful emotions come up in us that we're going to experience on our human journey to process through it, like shame is one. And so recognizing like, how does that come up in you? Breathe, create a pause, and then you shift. So you're just creating amazing, like thought awareness, self-discovery, our thoughts create our feelings. So it's not the circumstances or situations like the weight or a number on a scale, it's your thought about it that creates your feeling, whether it's feeling of shame or um, uh, unmotivated, uh, that's all coming from a thought. And so, and our thoughts are optional and we don't oftentimes have awareness of our thoughts. And we have so many thoughts that are happening in our brain all the time, right? We are not our thoughts you don't have to choose those thoughts. The problem is not the thoughts. The problem is the attachment, like paint on a wall to the thoughts. And then we have these pathways in our brain that just, we keep giving power to, and it almost becomes like a belief, which a belief is a powerful thought on a loop in your brain. Okay. So check in on yourself. If you're having any, I was having a lot of this like beliefs, um, maybe about my kids, like judgment, or, you know, they're never going to be successful or they're never, um, you know, they're never going to get in this school that they really want to get into. Um, if they don't get that done, they're, um, they're never going to, you know, reach their goals or be happy, or I don't know what things were coming up, but just in general, like we make these little things mean so much. And, um, and so when you create, when you acknowledge how it's coming up and when you're triggered, and then you create a pause. And so what you're trying to do is break up and disrupt that kind of pathway that isn't serving you because your current thoughts gonna create current results. Your current thinking creates your current reality. So that's really important um, to understand because what we do and what we're taught is that instead we need to change the circumstances in our lives and change the situations or even other people and other people's behaviors. And as a parent, we think that we need to change our teen. And if only they were this way, then I wouldn't have to feel that way. Okay. So recognize they are their own person. They are their own person leading their life. You are there to show up love and support. How do you want to show up for your teen? 
you get to decide that. You get to decide where you put your attentional focus and how to create a more relational, compassionate approach as your only goal, okay? Again, compassion means boundaries. It means consequences, you know? It's, it doesn't mean that you're giving up that, okay? So that's a lot about like allowing um, our emotions, processing our emotions, recognizing them, acknowledging them as a parent, staying in your lane, recognizing what you cause and you control what you don't cause and what you don't control, um, that you're working on you know, self-compassion, that with all good intention, you don't want your teen to suffer, you don't want your teen to, um, have hardships, but this is how we grow. Like they are resilient. Those emotions, those feelings are there. Um, allow them to experience those, um, help them process those by, by not trying to fix and solve and overfunction and get in their lane. Now recognize with compassion for yourself, hand over heart, nurturing hub. I don't want my team to suffer. I don't want my team to suffer. Um, and it's okay. Like, but I'm going to create a pause and I don't have to fix this. I can't fix this. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing going wrong. That's another thing that really helps me. There's nothing going wrong. There's nothing going wrong. That's really helpful. I'm a human on a human journey. And so the more of this work you do like for yourself, the, the more, when you change, your teen will change. And I found this out and it's really like showing up intentionally, maybe even with a mental rehearsal or pre-visualization around, you know, conversations that are gonna come up, depending on what your relationship is with your teen. You may not need that. Like I didn't need that with one of my kids. Um, but I needed it with, with another one where I had to actually, cause every time I had an interaction with her, I was taking the bait and I was getting into this like same patterning. And it's like, we were battling it out. Like who's going to be right. Who's going to be right. <laughs> and, um, you know, we both had good intentions and, um, and once I learned to just kind of create a pause. And I had to actually, my coach had me script, almost script it out, like enter stage, right. And uh, what are you going to say and have a neutral feedback statement uh, for those interactions and be like, um, that's not true. That's not true. I'm not going to talk about that now. And I'm going to leave the room. I mean, depending on how, kind of ignited or engaged you are with your teen if it's an adversarial relationship. The other thing is when we're like, this is when you were kind of like in the more negative self-talk, negative, like um, fearful space where we're over-functioning, wanting to motivate ourselves by being hard on ourselves um, because that's what we're taught. And I mean, come on. I mean, some of our achievements and things we've, we've gotten that way. It's just it really... Um, creates a lot of perfectionism and procrastination and fear of failure. And it makes it harder for us, we know, to get started on an action. And it's really crippling for our teens. And I'm seeing that a lot, even more so than like in our generation of parents. I'm older than probably a lot of you, but 
seriously, it's, um, it's really hard for them now. Um, there is a lot of like perfectionism and gotcha culture and cancel culture and woke culture. And with the social media um, pressures to, um, to show up uh, any, you know, failure is, um, is very scary. So there's a lot of, of like, I'm not even going to try because if I try and I fail, then that means I'm a failure. But if I don't try, it just means that I'm, I don't really care about it. And it's, it's fine. It's no big deal. And I don't have to make it mean anything if I don't even try. And so that's, what's happening a lot. And that has nothing to do with, um, with any changes like with healthy eating or movement or anything like that. I mean, it does, but it's really pervasive. It's really pervasive. So we have to help our teens understand that like, if you try something, um, like failure is just learning. Failure is only, uh, and you create your own definition, like failure is only um, when you have an outcome that you didn't expect but we can't control all the things. So if you decide ahead of time, like I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna try and be open to like other measures of success. Did I show up? Did I put the time in? Did I show up as my authentic self? Did I have fun? Then you're gonna be proud of it. You can't always control uh, the outcome. So the more that we can role model that as parents um, and not create such, I did a podcast on this about parents don't sweat the small stuff with your teens because um, it is becoming like there's such a equality over these little things in life for our teens and what they make it mean about themselves and the really big things. And they're not willing to really put themselves out there and discover um, their big magic gifts or push themselves to do anything really creative um, to show up authentically as themselves because we as parents are making a big deal all these tiny little things and um, anyway so I'm just going to encourage us to to for ourselves when again when we change and we show a more compassionate approach to ourselves and we talk about like um talk about mistakes we've made or um be open about like our our failures or that didn't go as expected but here's what i learned um but that's okay you know it's okay like i feel disappointed that that didn't work out, but, and you don't even have a but, like I'm, I feel disappointed. Yeah, I feel disappointed in that. We don't have to fix it. We don't have to convince ourselves that we're not disappointed. We don't have to try to say, think that we have a one moment where we say something to our teens when they're disappointed, where we're gonna fix it. And, oh, I just didn't get the right thing. I didn't say the right thing. And there's something going wrong because he's still disappointed. No, they're just processing through it. It's like grief and unprocessed grief um, is unhealthy. And it's just going to, you know, build up in the body. And so, so allowing our, our teens, allowing ourselves 
to cope and process. Um, of course, we're not going to be processing all the emotions that are coming up um, throughout the day. So, but I mean, just check in with yourself every once in a while um, throughout the day. You could do this, or maybe at the end of the day, and start writing down um, what are my top three feelings of the day. It's it's. I, I have to say, like at least for me, like that's harder than it sounds. Uh, but it creates more um, self-awareness, self-discovery, and you'll find, you know, I'm telling you the thoughts create your feelings. So um, your circumstances and situations in your life trigger it. But, um, but when you understand, like, what are the thoughts and the beliefs that I was kind of thinking throughout the day that um, I wasn't even aware of? that are creating kind of those feelings. And it may be amazing feelings. Maybe you're having an awesome day and that's awesome. And then you can start to actually create feelings almost on purpose and say like, I just wanna feel better. I want to be happier. I want to have more joy in my life. I wanna have more gratitude. So then you can, but the first piece of awareness is like, what are the top three like feelings of the day and starting to create some powerful self-discovery and self-awareness of where you are now and how your current thinking is creating kind of your current results and your reality. So that's powerful work for you to do as an individual, but that really is work that will um, be so powerful um, for your teens too. And you don't have to share it with them. You just when you are better and, and you are feeling better, they, they can tell. Okay. Um, so anyway, I'm just gonna encourage us to do that work and to be, um, role modeling self-compassion. So that's that self-love superpower. Um, and to not think that there's anything going wrong when our teens are feeling any sort of emotions and just to recognize like when we're triggered, maybe with good intention that to say to ourselves with a nurturing hug, hand over heart, it's okay. I don't want my teen. I don't want my teen to suffer. I don't want to suffer. It, it's okay. We all are part of this common humanity. There's nothing going wrong. There's nothing going wrong. We don't have to argue with reality. We can't fix and solve all these things. We want to, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. Don't get into fix and solve and overfunction. All we want is some self-awareness, some self-discovery and compassionate um, approach to ourselves. And then that will help our teens have a compassionate approach to themselves. And when they do that, then they're going to be willing to keep trying things that they really want to do and discover what they really want to do and take the risk to do it and to be willing to fail and failure meaning, they'll know that failing means that they have an outcome that's different and maybe even better than they thought, but it's their own decision and their own willingness to take risk and to keep taking action toward where they wanna be. Um, so anyway, I hope that's helpful. Reach out to me. Um, this is an awesome book, the intuitive workbook for teens. Um, I really think it's so cool. It's just really unlocking the um, 
the unlocking the powerful wisdom of your body. And so this is really good for all of us. Of course, you know, I coach a lot on insulin resistance. I coach a lot on the food system. I coach um, a ton on crushing sugar cravings and, and decreasing refined sugar and processed carbs. I think to be an intuitive eater, you, we have to be intentional about minimizing our intake of processed carbs and refined sugar. Otherwise, I just know physiologically the way that our hunger hormones are and satiety hormones, and um, it's, it's just hunger and craving hormones that it's, it would be really hard to just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be an intuitive eater. Um, but it's really amazing work and a lot of the teens are ready and, and I would recommend maybe even getting it, but I'm working us through that. I'm going to be doing my 10 steps to self-trust eating, which is an intuitive eating course. So I'm going to be adding to that and I'm going to be doing, um, uh, we've been doing work on body positivity. So reclaiming health and creating a weight neutral or a definition of health that, and we're doing that for IME community. And I created a word cloud based on the members input, which is awesome. And um, it had nothing to do with weight, which was so cool. So we want to weight neutral or just weight isn't even a part of it. Um, our definition of health. Okay. Um, and that's kind of the first step. There's five components to that. Um, and we're talking a lot about um, 10 steps to self-care for teens and thinking about self-care in a different way and um, self-care being different from like lots of time on, you know, Netflix binges and screen time and um, overeating because that's really buffering. So that's not really truly self-care. Anyway, uh, I think that's an important um, delineation to make for teens. And the most exciting thing is I'm going to be launching a health yourself ebook, which I took the 12 weeks of the insulin resistance challenge that I did on TikTok and Instagram and the amazing um, virtual assistant I'm working with is taking all those Instagram posts and putting it into a 12 week ebook. And so the team members are going to be the beta launch um, pilot group for that. So it's going to be 12 weeks where they'll get an email every day. So they'll get a PDF for the day. I'll have a video also for the week. Um, that'll be short. It's going to be really fun. And, um, and then they'll get the email and then they can um, type it in on their computer so they can have it all on their computer and they can fill it in for themselves. So the first week is um, taking massive action and um, the power of making decisions ahead of time. So using, I mean, our executive functioning brain, um, our higher prefrontal cortex brain to make a decision ahead of time. Um, so we're just learning and taking small steps and over 12 weeks, they'll create a healthy habit stick. So anyway, it's really cool. I'm so excited to launch that with the members. And then what I'd like to do is add in um, Boxer. So I don't know if you have Boxer or have used it. It's a really awesome app that I used with my business coach. Um, <laughs> my friend's funny. Okay, so let's go back to it. All right, so it looks like that. It's so cute. And so um, you can, I, I'll send a message every week and then they can just chat back and forth with me 
like what they need coaching on. And um, it's really cool because you can just like press here. You could either type in the message or you could just press there and then just record it. And it goes to the message goes to me and then I can just coach them back. And so that's like kind of the one-on-one -on -one coaching along with, of course, the group uh, membership coaching. So anyway, I'm really excited about that. Um, I love coaching your teens. They're brilliant, awesome. They are such cool thinkers. The life coaching, they take really, they take up like a sponge. It's like no problem at all. The um, social pressures, like we were, like I was talking about earlier, um, the gotcha culture, the try-fail, the perfectionism, uh, I, I find that that is a tough barrier to, for our teens, and the pandemic may have a role in this, to getting them to practice the art of like believing on purpose. So to really um, get excited about being able to lead their own like magical, authentic, creative life and to believe on purpose, something um, as their future self. So that's, that's really what I'm going to push on and kind of work on. And I know that, you know, as we create more of the community um, and get more members, that'll be, it'll create more fun and support. And anyway, so it's really cool. And hopefully this was helpful and reach out to me um, by email or um, yeah, Dr. Carla, activistmd at imecommunity.com um, is my email. So please reach out to me if you have any questions um, or on Messenger, on Facebook, or however you need to. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the IME Community Podcast, where self-love is your superpower. The content of this podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carla Lester and is not intended as, and shall not be understood as, a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions shared reflect the host and guest and do not represent an organization or medical group. Always seek the advice of your physician or therapist if you have concerns about your health. And please, like and subscribe to the IME Community Podcast. Share IME with your friends and go to imecommunity.com to join the member community. Don't forget to follow IME on social.